the good part about this, it is bittersweet, but the good part is, though, I'm not a Steelers fan personally. I won't miss seeing him behind center because he won a lot of games and they did a lot of stuff. And the bad part for me uh, with Big Ben gone is that's just a lot of hours that he's not accounted for by authority. And plus, we're not a pro steel podcast. We're more of a pro coal podcast. Um, we're big steel on coal. Just fe- coal keeps the lights on. Steel doesn't really do much. Steel just feels so finesse. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Like the man of steel is, is not even from Pittsburgh. He's from like Kansas. Did you play a lot of blitz ball on the Final Fantasy uh, 10 game, like the actual sport? Did you play it any? Because uh, wasn't it like a side game you could play? Yeah, the same way you could like it, play cards and a lot of the other ones. It's the kind of side game you, at least I would get lost in. And I would be like, stop the I, game, max out good. all my blitz ball characters, make the best team, and then continue with the game. I didn't spend much time on it. It was boring to me because I couldn't understand understand the like the actual like rules of it. And I was like, I just don't care. I'm just gonna move on. Maybe now I'll be patient enough to go through it. But I was just so much like, let's just get through the story. That's I was. I know a lot of people really dug, um, and I, I didn't hate it, uh, like the Legend of Zelda series. <sighs> okay, I'll say when I played Ocarina of Time the first time, I thought that it was beautiful, and I thought it was very immersive to be able to free roam in this world. But I thought the story was a little like kiddish compared to the Final Fantasy games that I was playing on the other platform. And I'm not really as into puzzle games as much as I am like, strategy of when to attack and when to heal and what types of attacks to use and stuff like that Uh, i dig ocarina ocarina of time whatever you want to say i had an idea for a game since they're doing all these reboots because you know you remember you play on the ocarina you would play these notes Mm -hmm. and it would for different songs right and it was like a memory game so i think they should do that with dance dance revolution you have to do these dance moves and it would be the Macarena of time. Mm. Wow. Yeah. Just it's all I about think, the setup there. It's all about the setup. Just when I think you can't get any stupider, you go and do something like this. And, and totally, totally redeem, redeem yourself. yourself. <laughs> Hello, my friends. Welcome back to another episode of the Real Folk Dudes Podcast. I'm your water-breathing companion, Jazzy Jeff. Alongside me, on the other side of the laptop, on the other side of the country, the Hanafuda earring wearer, West Coast Walker. How you doing, bud? Doing well, man. These, uh, they're on a roll right now. Yeah, you texted me. It was like, hey, man, these, these last couple episodes have been pretty fire. So, yeah, I'm, I'm excited Four. to get into them. Hmm? For ever since ever since episode seven, ever since uh, the the king graced us with his presence, we've been uh, on fire. Yeah, it's been pretty pretty dope. Before we get too far into it, let's do some housekeeping. At Real Folk Dudes on Twitter, Real Folk Dudes Facebook group, hit us up, interact with us, help us grow this community. Uh, we really are trying to build a social media footprint, so be sure to uh, get involved with us there. Apple Podcasts, Spotify, be sure to like, comment, subscribe, unsubscribe, resubscribe, and uh, help us get those those numbers up in the the streaming platforms. Sanctuary Esports, 
at sanctuary underscore gg, sanctuarygg.com. In the mind of the gamer, you can always find sanctuary. Find your inner sanctum. Help us change the status quo. Balls. The nectar of the gods. At Balls Guarana on Twitter, balls.com. 25 years of fuel. Balls. We're going to be breaking down episode nine. Tamari Demon and Arrow Demon. Let's get it! Lopon. We open with our new demon foes standing in front of, a, of the hidden home of Dr. Demon, Tamio. The boy demon notices that the demon slayer is actually with several demons at this exact moment, and he finds that particularly odd. Yep. And the young girl is very excited. The boy seems a lot more measured than her, and she is uh, he's mad that she keeps getting dust in his eyes, um, which I, I think that's kind of a funny thing, but that does come back. And we have a giant gaping hole caused by the ball that, that the young girl threw. The ball is called a tamari. And it, I looked this up. It's basically a Japanese hacky sack. But like anything else, the Japanese do what we do, but they make it cooler. Like they're a lot more like ornate and, and beautiful from what I've seen than just like a normal hacky sack. Like we basically kick like a sock with rocks in it. And like they've got this really beautiful ornate thing. So when she throws these tamaris, they seem like they go wherever. They go up and down, bouncing around, and they, they change directions. And as they do this, they're causing an insane amount of destruction. Like they are to be something that she can just throw like a baseball. They are like really like wrecking this house. Yushiro is about to swat one of these. And as he does, it gets redirected and actually splats his head complete off completely. I mean, just look like something Kabutuji would have done. Yeah, that was definitely a uh, sniff of coffee right there for the episode, man. Tanjiro tells Nezuko to take the man, the woman that has been recovering to safety. And Dr. Tomio says that the safest place to go is to the basement. Tanjiro now turns his attention to the demon and notices that the scent is stronger and thicker than any foe he's faced to this point. Again, we're going back to, he keeps leveling up, you know, like the bar keeps getting raised as to what's mm-hmm. expected of him. And they both got quite a bit of blood uh, before the fight. Yeah, they got a little juice. They, mm-hmm. they got that, uh, that Majin juice before they went to go fight. She throws one of her tamaris at Tanjiro, and Tanjiro uses his fastest thrusting technique. Total concentration, water breathing, seventh form, drop ripple thrust curve. He stabs straight through the tamari, and as he does, the ball just pulls itself back off like, like nothing ever even happened. Like, oh, okay, this is not going to be easy. Yeah, I mean, I remember one of his first thoughts was he felt they had he thought like had a homing device or something because it was moving as he moved, which didn't make didn't make any sense with the physics of what she was doing. Um, Reminded me also of I just immediately got the vibes of and more so as it goes on, it becomes more apparent. But I'll just say it now. It reminded me of a blitz ball. In Final Fantasy. Okay, and- yeah. Yeah, that's cool. It reminded me of Kenny Powers because he throws the ball. He's better than you. Yeah, I, I throw the, yeah. 
that's uh and th- that's the end of side one of kenny powers <laughs> i'm fucking in you're fucking out i remember when final fantasy 10 came out it was like the most beautiful thing like i was gonna get a ps2 regardless but when i saw final fantasy 10 i was like well you have to get the playstation 2 because you have to get final fantasy 10 and like it was beautiful and i mean the step like nine had pretty good graphics but the step from nine to ten was insane i'd say the step from nine to ten was was the type of level of what the jump was from six to seven when it changed to the playstation platform i mean titus looked so cool and you could see individual strands of his hair i mean i was like oh my gosh this we're in the future right now like the world's probably going to end because there's no way a video game could look better than what this does. And you look back at it now and it's like, well, I mean, I don't see what the big deal is, but at the time, like you just had to be there. One of the, in the continuing sub versus dub debate, when they walked in, Mm -hmm. in the dub, um, Yahaba, the, the arrow demon says, how shall we kill them? And Susamaru says ruthlessly, but in the sub, she says brutally, of course, and I like the the sub better for that one. Yeah, and, you know, uh, again, like going back to what we said, like we're talking about a very small difference in the two, and I think the decision to change that is to make it improved. So people that want to shit on subs, it's like they're doing it because it's a different language, and when you change it over, like, like we're going to try to get the essence of it right more so than just getting it word for word verbatim. Yeah. I just, I, I vibed with the sub there and there's more examples of it in these episodes where I just really wish like they just did the, they just did the subtitle, but cause then it's like, it distracts me when it doesn't match up only if it's better, but if it's just as good or yeah, unless it's markedly better, like I don't see the point in like, changing like but i watch stuff with with subtitles i like to watch stuff with subtitles so that's part of it um but her saying ruthlessly or what was it ruthlessly versus brutally is that what the the state okay no it's ruthlessly Uh versus brutally of course okay yeah it i don't really have a preference on that but again like we said going back to it it's it's apples to Apples to it's apples weird. or whatever. I, whatever. Um, for for the bounty hunters. What's weird, yeah. What's weird is like I never used to, I I find I used to find subtitles distracting. And now everything I watch is with subtitles because I just get so like there's so many distractions in my home because I have a baby and you know, like I want to when I watch it, I want to be able to catch everything that they say. And I can't always have the volume up or there's other things that are making noise. So I've gotten used to using subtitles, but it, I will say when you watch an anime that is dubbed in English and then you're reading the subtitles that are for Japanese, right. it, it is disorienting when they don't match up completely. Like the subtitle yeah. would be like, he walked over there. And then you look at the, the, what they actually say is like, he went over there. Like, no, it's the it's same thing. Me- but- no, it's got me watching English without subtitles and then wa- going back and watching scenes in Japanese with the subtitles. Yeah. And kind of I haven't gone, I haven't just straight up watched it in Japanese with the subtitles. So I may do that as we get closer to season two, just so I can acclimate myself to the Japanese voice actors, like their voices. Um, I've heard they're actually pretty cool, uh, but I haven't actually like listened to them. 
you pay attention harder. Yeah. I saw a funny video on Facebook of the voice actor of Zenitsu singing happy birthday to the voice actor of Nezuko. And like when he got to the Nezuko part, he did like the Nezuko. <laughs> I thought that was pretty cool. Tell me the girl's name again. Um, the girl demon. Susamaru. Tamari demon. Yeah. Most of my notes, I'm just calling her the girl and the boy. I don't know. They, they may have mentioned, they mention the names very often. Not very often. So she takes her jacket off and she screams to Tanjiro that he's about to be killed by one of the 12 Kazuki. She raises her arm and sprouts four extra arms. Need more Two. arms, bro. You need more arms, bro. Two extra arms on each side. She's looking like Shiva from Mortal Kombat. And now she's got a woman. Got a Vitruvian woman. Now she's got six tamaris, one for each arm. Six pina coladas, one for each arm. And she throws all six at once. Now my boy Tanjiro is on the ropes. He's he's dodging, slicing, dipping, dodging, ducking. And they keep coming after him. He as he slices some of them in half, the halves continue to keep going after him. So like it reduces some of the damage. But like if you cut them in half, now you got two of them that are going to come at you and hurt you a little less. But now you got two of them. It's like a fruit ninja versus Doc Ock crossover. The crossover that we all wanted, but we never got. So throughout yeah, all yeah. of this, Tanjiro does notice the scent of two demons. Yushiro and Dr. Tamayo both get chunks of their heads knocked off by these tamaris. At this point, Yushiro has already like grown his head back. And as soon as he does like a big chunk of it, like someone took a bite out of an apple and Yushiro yells at Tanjiro that he needs to be looking at the arrows. The arrows tell the direction that the balls are going. Just dodge the arrows. That's all you got to do, bro. And Tanjiro's like, I don't know what you're talking about. I don't see any arrows. So Yushiro just being like a smug dickhead here is like, fine and he does a little uh gives him his sense of sight he pulls an index card looking paper out of his pocket he enchants it and he throws it looking like gambit like yeah uh tanjiro just dropping tabs here like hendrix like yeah. ready to shred at woodstock or something this is actually a really cool image because like it's squared up on his forehead and it has like the big eye in it like a uh, dude from uh Yu Yu Hakusho, uh, Hie. Oh, the My Tagan Eye. Yeah. Dragon of the Darkness Flame. So now Tanjiro can see the arrows, and that is a total game changer. It's like, really? Thanks for telling me about that. Mm -hmm. Tanjiro and Nezuko step outside. Nezuko pursues the sneaky boy. He had boy to clear demon. his head. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Nezuko or pursues the sneaky boy demon hiding in the tree. She starts attacking him. He's not ready for this. Uh, when she does do this, the arrows disappear, and Tanjiro is able to really go for it now. Water breathing, third floor form, flowing dance, and he strikes all the tamaris and slices all six of the girl's arms off and yells at to Lady Tamiya, are these two closely related to Gabutsuji? As if, like, fight's done. I got it. The yep. demon scoffs at this. When she hears it, there is no way that she would ever, you know, allow him to defeat her. She's not taking this L. Uh, it was great, though, that he visualized success. Mm. 
Yeah. Because he first sees it and his first thought, like he reacts and then he he has like he immediately all in the span of time visualizes himself afterwards talking about how they've already beat the demon. And then all in that time, it comes back around to like mm -hmm. reality sets back kind of like uh, not actually very different from the pilot, but where they gave you that scene again, just to kind of show it to you again here, they did it uh, immediately as a quick delay recall. And uh, yeah, I, I really enjoy that. I like how he mixed the form. Oh, we're not cool. there yet. We'll get you there. We're not there yet. You're fine. The six arms immediately regenerate. Nezuko lands on Tanjiro, and the boy jumps down and says, now you can both die together, and throws the Tamari at Tanjiro and Nezuko. Tanjiro narrowly escapes with Nezuko. They just jump out of the way just in the nick of time. And again, Yushiro saves the day. Kind of douchey, but helpful. He yells at Tanjiro that he's going to have to handle the arrow guy first. It's an important game, important strategy to take him out first because if you don't get rid of him, then you're screwed. No, and I, I, that was it. That was interesting, and they knew that her her weapons were, you know, Tanjiro. It was cool, you know. They lead these this fight off with the demon getting his head knocked off, and it mm -hmm. only coming back because he had a demon doctor right there. Yeah. So that can it the implication of that is okay well uh if that were to happen to you tanjiro th that would just that would be it so you can't yeah. get it when that goes back to what urikadaki was saying like the severe disadvantage that you have as a human fighting demons because they can regenerate they can go all day and like you like when you get nicked up like it's going to take you a long time to heal because you're a normal person and like the the degree of how much more skilled you have to be than them is insane. Nezuko and the others, they will handle the Tamari woman, and Tanjiro shifts his attention to the boy with the eyes for hands. He sees the opening thread. He jumps to strike. The demon puts his hand up, and the eyeball closes, and the opening thread breaks, and we see an arrow at Tanjiro's feet going the opposite direction, and it pulls him away and his blade doesn't strike anything. Now he has a little fun with Tanjiro and starts throwing him around with his, with his little arrows. So he throws Tanjiro straight up in the air, and Tanjiro has to think fast. And he goes eighth form waterfall basin, which breaks his fall. He sees Nezuko dodging the Tamari balls. Yushiro gets, he kind of gets a little in the scrap here. He turns himself invisible. That's kind of a cool skill that he has. And uh, he starts throwing these hands. He tells her that he can't forgive her for harming Lady Tamio. Never. The two demons perk up at the the when they hear this. Lady Tomio will make quite a souvenir. Uh, she apparently is some sort of a deserter, and she is someone that Kabutuji would definitely like to have. Yeah, they called her the runaway, I yeah. think, in the the Japanese and then fugitive in the English. Okay. Nezuko now tries to kick the Tamari, and it breaks her leg completely off. So now she runs over and kicks Nezuko straight into the house, and she falls through, like, the giant hole that was created earlier. And Dr. Tomio goes over to Nezuko and realizes that she's recovering very slowly. And to help her out, she gives her a shot uh, to help give her a speedy recovery. 
I guess it does pay to have a doctor on your side. So now Tondrell's trying to find a way to win. The arrows keep following him. Even when he hits an arrow with his blade, the arrow will carry him away. And the demon does a little arrow wrap around his arm, which is pretty crazy. When I saw this, I was like, he's done. How, how's he going to get out of this? Tondro's pretty slick, son. Yeah, this he, is episode yeah. 10, canceled after this seat. This yeah. episode is called Supernova. No, that's next episode. Supernova Symphony. <laughs> and then Tondro says, welcome to the ouch, motherfucker. So Tondro like runs over to a tree and does like a Power Ranger, like kick black front, kick back from it and like spins around. It reminds me of myself. Like I do backflips. I mean, you've seen me do. I mean, I do backflips yeah. all the time. I could do, I could do a backflip right now if I wanted to, but. Yeah, I never, I never put those on Twitter, and it's really just the frame rate. It's not that because they yeah. aren't real. Yeah, I, yeah, I do backflips all the time. At this point, Tondro goes in his bag. He has to, so he uses the sixth form to envelop the arrows, uses the footwork of the third to get in range, twisting whirlpool, flowing water. Second form, lateral water wheel. He takes the demon's head clean off. He basically used the demon's arrows against him. Like that's a really cool thing to do. Like the the strategy and like the difficult the level of difficulty to do that is pretty impressive. See, and I'll talk about this in the next episode that we break down. But this goes back to when he was training. The way they they told him that like you need to know this like into in your bones. Like you need to know that. So him doing these different forms is like you and I like patting our head while we chew gum. MVP, I've got Yushiro. Uh, the kid is weird. He's a little smug, but he saved Tondro's ass. Uh, he is the one that pointed out the arrows and helped him where he could see the arrows. He's the one that gave him the strategy, like, hey, you need to take him out first. Uh, he gave good advice, and I, I think that he's pretty clear-cut for me. He's the MVP of this episode. This is tough for me. I'm going to say – I'm just going to say Tomio saved Nesco. She mm-hmm. – is helping Tanjiro has saved you saved Yushiro again. She's cool. She's like when you have like a white mage or a healer in your party in uh, an RPG, or I guess like a what, what what's a healer class in like a D in a D and D campaign? Oh, like like a, a cleric or something. A cleric, or I guess sometimes a bard, paladin, paladin maybe, or a paladin. Yeah. Yeah, she, she's or like dru- or a druid. Yeah, I think druids are more like transforming into animals, but I guess they can do some of that stuff too. Druids? Uh, I'm pretty sure. Druid, yeah, but they're also like monks. Yeah, hold on. Because remember when Undertaker would come out and then he'd have all the people in the hoods with them? Yeah, in D&D, they're more about nature and animals and stuff and um our buddy mike his character is a druid in D D, and like it's filthy um they could turn into uh, a dire wolf and like your armor class is insane and even if they you kill it as a dire wolf you just turn back into a druid so it's like you get like an extra life basically it's pretty insane yeah, but I'm a wizard, and my spell book, I gave myself a spell where I could just, like, I, I like, win any fight. All I have to do is just, like, wow. win more. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. I like people that, like, that, like, I really identify as, like, the Joker. Like, you know, 
like I post memes about the Joker because like I'm like him. Like, you know, I'm really edgy. Like I, you know, like it'd be nothing for me. Like I could just break your neck because like I'm I'm tough and I'm edgy like the Joker. Yeah, and I got the point of the movie. <laughs> it makes me think of Rick and Morty when he's like, Inception Rick, Inception made sense. You don't have to impress me, Morty. It's like Inception, except for it makes sense. Or people that think that like, oh man, I want to love like Harley Quinn and uh, the Joker. Like, no, you don't. That's terrible. Why would you like, that's like the worst relationship goals you could have. They are like the epitome of toxic. He is a murderer and he is terrible to her. Like, yeah, dude, I just want to be like them, you know, just be like Harley and Joker. Just, you know, on that, the run, that's what I point to romantic. when people think about like, what if Tony and Melfi had ever had a thing? That's what it would have looked like. I want to rewatch that. You know, I still haven't watched the Many Saints of, what was it called? Many Saints of New Jersey, something like that. Of Newark. Newark, okay. I still haven't watched that. We had planned to go watch it in theaters. Uh, the Many Saints of happen. Jersey Shore. Yeah. <laughs> the Many Saints of the Boardwalk. Yo, it's just like straight up true religion and shots out here. Yeah. <laughs> so anyways, I'm at the t-shirt shop. <laughs> Riding the Ferris wheel. I love the Jersey Shore, bitch. Go, Benny. Dear Sammy, the other night, Ronnie, <laughs> the notes. <laughs> Thursdays were so lit back when Jersey Shore was in its prime. Jersey, Thursday. Oh. Such a good time. Simpler times. GTL, Jim Tan Laundry. She's too young for you, bro. <laughs> that's a uh, maybe. Maybe that's something we can we can plug when uh when, when people start getting gets too too hype about these uh some of these characters. Yeah, some of these weaves get a little too horned up over Nesico. Y'all got to chill with that. She's too young for you, bro. If her older brother has to carry her in a wooden box, she's too young for you, bro. <laughs> I missed a note from the last episode. And you notice this too, like the, because he said something, he looks, he looks at Tomio straight face and goes, while they're fighting, let's escape. And she goes, yeah. you sure? And he goes, just kidding. Just I'm just kidding. kidding, dude. I'm just kidding. <laughs> yeah, I just, I busted out laughing. Uh, I did enjoy that. Welcome back, my friends. Real folk dudes. I'm your water breathing companion, Jazzy Jeff. Alongside me on the other side of the laptop. The Tamari Collector, West Coast Walker. How you doing, bud? Ready to go, Ray. It doesn't the, uh, matter. Sus- Susamaru in a, in a, what was it? Like she had like the, the jacket on, and then she was like, I haven't begun to peek. And then she like, it's like a tube top. It was like mm-hmm. ready for the Chattahoochee, West Palm Beach. You, you got to wear layers. That's why you wear layers. Gulf Shores. Sun's out, guns out. Branson, Missouri. <laughs> Shout out Branson, Missouri. At Real Folk Dudes on Twitter, Real Folk Dudes Facebook group, Apple Podcast, Spotify. Leave a comment, like, subscribe, unsubscribe, resubscribe. Let's get it. SE Sanctuary Esports, Div- diverse group of growing team of gamers. Life is more fun when you play games. Established 2021. Balls. 
with six energizing flavors. There's a balls can or bottle for everyone. Balls. It's more than just a soda. B A W L S. Balls. Episode 10 Together Forever. We open with Tondro's epic kill shot and the demon's head falling, and Tondro falls to the ground after the big slice. In a fit of rage, the demon decides that he will take Tondro with him. He closes his eyeballs in his hands, and now he's got Tondro. He's got arrows like pointing like through his body in all directions. And as Tondro is being flung in all directions, he quickly identifies what form to do to change the direction or counteract the spell. And I really dug this because he's got a move for every situation. So it's cool that for one, that he's prepared, that, that Irokodaki has given him a move to help him get out of every situation and that he's got him memorized so well that he can do them at the spur of the moment and that he can identify when each move is appropriate. We see why the Sabito and Makomo, why they were so adamant that he ingrained these forms in his bones, because he's going to need every bit of it to get through this situation. So Tondro has to keep this going. The demon won't stop until he is fully disintegrated. So literally the head is like, is just turning to dust as he's flinging Tondro around. I do like the indomitable will there, even as even as a bad guy, and he's not going to accomplish what he set out to do. But he's like, you know what? I'm still gonna I'm still gonna do my shit. Yeah, I'm gonna try to everything I can to take you down too. So when he is finally fully disintegrated, Tanjiro falls to the ground. He's so exhausted that now he can't even grab his sword. He grabs the the hilt of the sword with his mouth. Yeah, it's like hey, Tanjiro, how about you used to pick up baseballs you? in the outfield? <laughs> we we know each other too well. We like go to the same joke at the exact same time. Were you hey, doing Tan- that too? That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah, hey, Tanjiro, how about you pick up that sword with your mouth? So he crawls over to try to help Nezuko and Yushiro. And we see the demon throwing the tamari at Yushiro's head. And this time Nezuko actually does block it with her feet. Yushiro tells her that she shouldn't be so reckless that just because she's a demon does not make her immortal. And Nezuko stares at Yushiro in a very like loving, compassionate way. And she sees him as the, the sweet boy. And it, this is going to be a big thing. Like she sees these two as humans. Just pats him on the head. Pats, yeah. Pats him on the head. Like a sweet little boy. So we get more Tamaris being thrown and Nezuko starts kicking them back. Oh, yeah, like uh, Allison or uh, Henrik Lundqvist. <laughs> they actually kick the ball back and forth quite a bit, and as they do, it's like getting more and more heated. And we hear Lady Tomio explaining to Yushiro that this is all Nezuko, that she's just like super strong right now. And she does acknowledge that while Nezuko is strong, that she will need help. And she steps forward and asks the demon if she has any idea who Kabuchiji really is. And we hear a little back and forth exchange between the two. And she actually ends up duping the girl into saying he who must not be named. She uses the name Kabuchiji. This was such a, this reminded me so much of Karama. Like something he would yeah, do. Super slick, yeah. 
which and the best part was she wasn't lying like i think she was actually trying to tell the truth there but knew it didn't matter to this person to hear it but they like it, it wasn't going to change what they were going to do but i did think it was almost compassionate of her to be like hey i'm just trying to tell you like what it's really about if you're still into that um but at the same time while you're the longer you're contemplating the longer i'm got something else going mm-hmm. so it, it is due to a spell by lady tamia that she lowers her guard and accidentally says he who must not be named kabutaji and the demon now sprouts a few more arms one straight out of her mouth and another yep. two straight from her gut and yeah. one of the arms reaches and grabs her head and squeezes her head, and the head just explodes. And as this is going on, she's like, please, no, I didn't mean it. I didn't mean it. Kabuchi do, Kabuchi G, do not care about this. He said, what's the rule? We never admit existence of this thing. The first rule of Kabuchi G. So Lady Tamiya draws some of the demon blood and goes to help Nezuko we get a really sweet, a somber moment, really sweet and somber moment where we hear the girl demon's voice and she's asking Tondro to play with her. And this is like, we, you get a lot of this in the show. We've already gotten it. We're going to continue to get it. It's Tondro like having like this sweet moment of realizing like the, the humanity of these people. And he doesn't separate like, you know, it's, it's an intense fight. And then when it's over, he's like, Hey, this is a person and they had a life and I respect that. And it is really sad to hear. Cause I mean, like it's an excited kid demon because this was an excited little kid. They just wanted to play. Right. And yeah, I mean, to, it's more nuanced and it's, and I think by design and with time, but it's more nuanced in how it chooses to approach humans versus demons or more nuanced than you know walking dead or something you know that was kind of the thing like the thing with the zombie apocalypse and the movies that all you know delved around that was it always kind of felt like just a loophole to have like mass killing scenes or in cowboy bebop live action the syndicate might as well yeah. also be just walking dead like oh yeah we don't need to know anything about them. bam you know yeah and when this you turn is like our just target practice that it loses a lot and then you you have a protagonist here that just so happen what's great about tanjiro is is that he is compassionate towards demons because his sister's a demon but he's not the type of person that's only compassionate to it because it directly affects him he would be anyway uh for nesco it's her silver lining that it's like wow this horrible thing happens but at least she ended up at least she got the best brother ever yeah, no kidding. <laughs> so. so the sun rises and the bodies disintegrate and Tanjiro, being pure as always, is there reflecting on the demons. And he goes down to the basement where he's reunited with everyone. Nezuko is being very affectionate here. Uh, she perceives Tomio and Yushiro as humans. Yeah, and she awesome. She wants to protect them. Uh, and that's an important thing just to know the, the distinction that she can make. And it's a, important to note in Tanjiro's rationale of how he approaches demons as well. So for what we know at this, what we know so far just about Tamiyo and Yushiro is that she's figured out how to remove the curse, which is why she was able to say Kibitsugi, Kibitsugi's name and uh bait 
bait Susamaru, or yeah, Susamaru into, I guess maybe maybe making it more likely for her to respond back and mm-hmm. say this and and mime the same or mirror the same thing. Um, so we know that for Nesco, even though they are demons, without without Kabutsuji, like without his curse over them, that yeah doesn't perceive them that way and i think i think that's a really you know she she was brainwashed by orokodaki he kind of comes in and he takes credit we talk about how he said that i used hypnotic suggestion and all humans are family to her and then to show that it's like no as much as he did come in and take credit for it and had some point they still kind of come back and show no nesco is still different and nesco still be doing stuff just on her because it's her yeah, because those Commodo, well, those com- those damn Commodo kids, and not to take anything away from Uro Kadaki because he is a bad mofo, but like, you know, he he's like, oh, I enchanted these masks. This mask will help protect you. That mask broke in like thirty seconds. Should and have like every single kid definitely that died done some was wearing the same mask. After like seven or eight bodies, definitely should have started yeah. like mm, maybe uh, the calling up. Keep kids as safe as I think. Yeah. Yeah. So Nezuko and Tamiyo embrace here, and it's actually like a little bit like long. And I think Tanjiro is like, oh, you're being rude. But like, actually, it turns out that Lady Tomio actually needed that that comforting like hug just as much as anybody. So it one was of my really sweet moment. One of my absolute favorite scenes because she so it begins with Nezuko hugging her. And by mm-hmm. the end of the hug, she was hugging Nezuko. Yeah, very well said. Yeah, that's it something that she noted in her speech to Susamaro that while she is by, I, I just love that, that even though she was stalling for time, it wasn't like, like total, it wasn't just like platitudes or uh, blanket threats. It was like very like plot driving, like pointed specific stuff to listen to, to someone who, well, you know, never going to hear it, not going to be able to testify now, but she said something about how, about how he's a coward because he's always afraid, which I found that really interesting that like all like the paranoia of being always ready and on your shit is also its own cowardice because you're always afraid. While they're embracing, we get a really cool flashback here. We see uh, Lady Tomio aiding the young Yushiro and giving him the option to turn him into a demon. So we, we get that payoff. Like we actually see the interaction there for a minute. Very sweet scene. And you can see why she's so important to him. You know, she's the one that saved his life. We come back to the present and Tomio is telling Tanjiro that she and Yushiro will be moving on, that Kabutsuji would almost certainly know where they are now and that the folks of the town would eventually get wise to them being demons and she offers to take Nezuko with him. And Tanjiro very seriously considers this because it's it seems like a reasonable thing to do. Like, this woman knows her stuff. She could keep Nezuko safe. There's no reason why. There's no downside to this other than that it separates them. But Nezuko, being very mentally present, squeezes her brother's hand and is like, no, I'm not going anywhere. She doesn't say it, but she doesn't have to. And we see now that nothing's going to break them apart. Nezuko, I guess, Tondro says, no, we're, we're, a, we're a tandem. We're not separating. And Nezuko takes off 
and Tanjiro follows after her. And as he's following her, Yushiro step, steps forward and says, hey, your sister is beautiful. The way he perceives beauty has a lot to do with inner beauty. And I think that once Nezuko gave the opportunity to show that, he was like, oh, okay. Because I don't think he's concerning himself with physical presence. I think, and, and it says a lot about him being someone that is like a concealment expert that like he's always looking on the inside. And once he saw that Nezuko was so pure, I think then he saw the, the true beauty of her. Right. And one of, I mean, when he always talks about, when he, when he always goes on his little inner rant about how beautiful Tamiyo is, it's always when she's being kind. And I mm-hmm. think some of that is like uh, loving, loving what you're not. Like he's naturally, like he doesn't feel like, everything about like his style what he does just his situation that just doesn't really lend it it's like the way it sounded like when he was a kid it didn't really have a great life and he was about to die and so he's just kind of cynical and and you had he he meets this person that has has gone through so much and lived for a long time and still managed to you know be able to practice kindness and humility and such and it's like it's like he admires it because it's it's a uh, it's not it's not where he gets his yeah. it's not where he gets his swag but it is how she gets hers yeah it is funny how he doesn't put off that persona himself that he seems like a smug like volatile you know kind of a prick and he values so highly love and affection and and caring and and selflessness but I think a lot of that is probably just a facade. And I would assume that he's probably grown up, like we talked about, in a not an ideal situation. And a lot of those, you know, things that while he may understand and appreciate them, he doesn't always personify them because he's kind of stunted. No, that's a good way to put it. I, I agree. The, uh, there's one more. I think there's one more little uh, back and forth. They were about to leave. Yushiro told the Nesco and Tanjiro to hurry up or something. And Tomio was like, Yushiro, why would you say that? And then he immediately, you know, does the about face. And he's like, just kidding. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The worst thing he, he puts do- his hands up, like completely changes. It, it, it's, it's a, it's like a Pavlovian reaction. Yeah. The, to him, the worst thing he could ever do would be disappoint Lady Tomio. And he can never really disappoint her because it, her approval is is so important to him that it would never happen anyways. And she would be very difficult to disappoint because she has such a big heart anyways. Yeah, she's she's pretty great. She's pretty great. She's, she's a great character. She really is. The episode ends. It's daytime. We see Tondro on the road again. A crow telling him that he needs to go southeast. He needs to go southeast. He needs to go southeast. The crow tells him that a lot. And he now sees a familiar face at the end of the road, the boy with the orange and yellow gi, and he is begging a girl to marry him. And that is where the episode ends with your boy on his knees, proposing to some girl that he probably just met. Oh my God. He's just like, Oh man. Uh, what have I done? What have I gotten myself into? <laughs> All right, well, he's, we're going to have plenty of time to talk about him. Uh, let's finish up this episode here. MVP for me, Tanjiro. He put all of his skills on full display. 
another step forward. Things keep getting harder, and he keeps answering the bell. He keeps on accepting the challenge and overcoming against all odds. He is the pretty clear-cut MVP for me. Who do you have on the MVP of this episode? He's also my MVP. I love the the back and forth, the kickoff there with Nesco, and I almost wanted to give her MVP just for going toe-to-toe with that. But for Tanjiro, it was ta- taking out the guy that was giving the demons trouble so they could fight the person that was going to give the human trouble or more trouble. For the, I mean, they're both obviously very difficult to, to fight. But from there, you know, just crawling with the sword and not really in the end, not needing to because Tomio had a different plan going, but just being willing to say, just being willing to put the sword in his mouth and crawl the way across there. He's my MVP. Yeah. He's a real G next episode, episode 11, Suzumi mansion. I remember liking this the first time I watched it. I'm looking forward to getting back into it, but I know he's your boy. Um, like in the rewatch, I'm finding myself really falling for Nezuko. Uh, Tondro was always my favorite because I'm basic like that, but, and I still like him the best, but I'm really digging Nezuko. And I'm curious to see in this rewatch here how much I appreciate Suzumi more. And I know you cannot wait to get more into his episodes. Dude, dude, Zenitsu, uh, that guy. Why do I? Sorry. I, I knew what you meant. Yeah, sorry. Some of these Japanese names, they really trip me up, so just bear with me, guys. Yeah, thankfully I'm Japanese, or they would they would give me a hard time. Um, if I was going to learn another language, I know you're learning like Russian, and what was the other one? Chinese. Chinese. I would be going Japanese, full Japanese. I mean, for like, that'd be cool, but I'm just thinking like, just like work-related stuff. Like, how do you get a job? Yeah, but it's going to be hard to get a job in the anime industry with those languages. You might as well learn. Why didn't I think of that? You know how he wants to build an ozone on Mars? Yeah, I heard about that. Um, I don't know. I don't know how that works, but is that part of the terraforming that he's talked about? Yeah, he wants to nuke the poles. Dude, like, here's the thing. Mars isn't a real place anyways. You can do it. It doesn't matter. Worst case scenario, you just find another Mars. Yeah, there's like, aren't there like, there's like 50 planets, aren't there? So like, we got a bunch. Dude, it's like 60 planets. Okay. Okay. I knew I was close. Um, No, but like, in all seriousness, though, like getting to a place like Mars would be amazing because then home base can be earth and mars and you can go even further because now you're starting out at mars you know this is how you this is how we create the cowboy bebop world that we want the thing about elon though he could be dangerous because he could he's so intelligent that he could do a lot of great things or he could do a lot of terrible things so but great things mr potter (laughs) is it weird to think that my grandchildren could either be born on Mars or know someone who's born on Mars or something like that. Yeah, because where are you going to get that money? I'm going to assume that that it's going to become, you know, there was a time that only the rich people could fly. And now 
middle class, upper middle class can fly. I do right. get jealous when I see people flying all the time. Like, how the hell do you afford that? Because plane tickets are expensive as man. Well, now where they've got people is comfort class because people are so because it's already uncomfortable and you have you've got all the protocols. They'll deliberately separate people on flights, like when you buy tickets together, and then be like, "Oh, well, you can pay an extra whatever it is to put these seats next to each other." And I'm like, "Well." if you have one seat over here and one seat over here and the next person is going to buy a seat over here and over here, wouldn't it make sense to just put them together? Like, Oh, well, yeah, obviously, but we want you to pay extra for it. Otherwise you can sit next to a stranger. Deal with it. They, they load, they load planes wrong. And dad and I always talk about this. And a big reason is it's just like, you could give first class something else, but really it's another thing to, to give when really it's like, why don't you, why don't you say no? That doesn't really make sense because they always say when you get on the plane, just put your luggage. When I was flying home, it's they're they're when we're checking in for the for the flight and we're about to board, and they're saying just put your bag the first open place because mm-hmm. we're running out of room. It's like okay, so what I did was I put mine in first class, and I'm like let's let's you and I had more I had more all my expensive stuff was on my personal life. This yeah. was just like clothes and I still worried about it, but it was just like clothes and shit. So, but I'm like 30 rows away and I'm thinking no one in first class is going to touch that shitty. They would not be seen with this little no. $20 bag. <laughs> it's and one it's of the just bags like, that you get when you redeem Marlboro points. <laughs> I wish, I wish it was like, I, I, I wish it was like a LV brand, mm-hmm. like had the same initials, but like, but something stupid like Louis Louis Berg Vuitton or something. <laughs> it's like block blister. You know, as for Titanic, you ask for Titanic. It's better, much better. I saw a woman at Walmart the other day getting out of her car wearing like a, a nice Marlboro jacket. And like, I don't even know if they, do they still do the points? I don't think they do. So she, that jacket's probably from like 1996. And you know it smells that. great. You earned that. Oh, yeah. How many you packs of cigarettes do you think you have to smoke to be able to redeem them to, to get a jacket like that? Oh, my gosh. I would say. You don't. You smoke enough till you die, and then your kids get it. These are some good episodes. Yeah, they are. Uh, did you know that people are looking at Nezuko, like, sexually? I've been seeing a lot of stuff on Twitter about people being like, oh, that's gross. Like, she's, like, 15 years old. Yeah, people are weird, man. And like, I'm not gonna knock people that are into anime stuff. Like, I joke about it. Like, if that if if you're into that, that's you, bro. But being into like someone who you know is like supposed to be a child is kind of weird to me. But you know, hey, I saw an article about I didn't read it, but it was about the show Euphoria on HBO, and it's it's very provocative, and the kids are. I think the kids are above 18, but not by, not by much. And they're kind of like with skins or even Degrassi, like there are shows that they would say you're too young to watch. Mm -hmm. And now it feels like some people are having this conflict with shows like Euphoria. They feel too old to watch it. They feel like if I were like 25, I'd watch it, but I feel weird watching it now even if like 
you're seeing other things. So with anime, you're able to kind of disconnect. Yeah, a little there bit. is a little bit of a, a separation there, at least a little bit. However, that can go the other way too, where it's like, oh, it's not people or, oh, it's a demon. Like I'm going to draw this stuff on the internet, but try to make it look real. Yeah, it gets weird. You know what I mean? No, far be it from me to judge people for their their kinks. But I just, I think that a good hard hard rule, a good rule of thumb is be like, let's just try to like keep it like of legal age. We generally try to keep animals out of it. I know that people are really into like tentacle shit, but in general, I try to keep animals out of it too. I'm changing gears on you here, but if we went through um, a bunch of anime that came out when we were younger and you had to choose if it was on Adult Swim or Toonami, do you think you'd be able to identify the correct ones? Sorry, start over. I was still thinking about uh, (laughs) Madison Avenue. I'm sorry, Sadison Avenue. All right, if I went through old anime that came out when we were kids and I said, tell me if this came on Adult Swim or Toonami, do you think you'd be able to tell the difference? Could you, could you give me that right answer? Probably not. Nerd. All right, well, then we're not even going to play that game. We can try. All right, we'll give you an easy one. Dragon Ball Z. That's the only anime I've ever seen. <laughs> Toonami or Adult Swim? Okay. Which one is it? Oh, Toonami. Okay. Gundam Wing. Tsunami. Correct. Cowboy Bebop. Adult Swim. Correct. Lupin the Third. Adult Swim. Correct. Sailor Moon. Tsunami. Correct. Tenchi Muyo. Adult Swim. <clears throat> Thanks for playing. You did pretty good. Nice. And I would have gotten away with it, too. <laughs> I wanted to get to Hamtaro. Fuck. Yeah, we would have got there eventually, but you had to lose. I think I want to start smoking a pipe. Like, you know, I'm yeah. a big cigar guy. I'm going to, I'm like, I'm going to get like a cheap corn cob pipe and start practicing. I know that there's a lot more work involved to it, but I want to, you know, I know our, our mutual friend Ben has uh, had some experience in that realm. So I may lean on him, but uh, it just seems like a pretty enjoyable thing to do just to make things, mix things up. 